where I was dancing with Katy Perry at the T20 Kruger opening. And that was, as an 18-year-old finishing full-time, that's crazy. Like, that was an amazing opportunity. I was so lucky to get it. So you met Katy Perry? Yes, I did. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, it was insane. Like, I was straight out of full-time, which is just crazy for me. Mm-hmm. And it was, what, an 80,000 crowd. I was dancing next to my idols, like some teachers that had taught me. They were incredible dancers, and I was dancing next to them. Like, even now I'm getting chills. It was (laughs) was amazing. Having another passion isn't a backup. I think that was huge for me. Because especially in the the industry, I'd only heard of people dancing, dance is life, dance is everything. And when I realized that you can do something else and it's okay, that was something that was really big for me. The hard part is there are some jobs where you do feel like the token black girl and it's a bit like, mm, I, don't, I don't love that. But mm. then there are other jobs where, you know, that they've just got the dancers they want, they're inclusive, they're aware of all the different like ethnic groups they want to cover and it's great. Yeah. But there are still those jobs where, and it's even, even if it wasn't the intention of like the person who booked the job, it's still everyone in the industry, some of them say it. Welcome back to the Post School Podcast, the lifeguard you didn't even know you needed. This is your chance to learn about all the wacky, wonderful, inspiring, and downright insane stuff that normal people like you and I have done after high school. The Post School Podcast aims to leave you feeling motivated to chase your dreams by dispelling the myth that life is mediocre. Through the stories of incredible people who are doing incredible things with their lives, you and I will learn just how not boring life really is in the big wide world. Are you ready? Let's go. Cam, thanks for joining me on the Post School Podcast. Nice to be here. Nice to be here. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Where have you come from? Yep. So where have I come from, I guess? Um, Came here from England when I was a little bit younger. Um, Growing up on the beaches my whole life. So I've always been a beaches girl, which is good. Bit of a claim. Um, (laughs) Is it? Yes. I I know. know, Everywhere I go, like at uni and stuff, everyone's like, oh, you're from the beaches. But no. They can pick it straight away. Yeah. And I'm like, no. I'm from the beaches, whatever. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm a performer, dancer, started acting a little bit, um, also enjoy studying. So I started studying, what, a year ago now, kind of balancing both of them out at the moment, trying to make sure I'm fulfilling both passions at the same time, as hopefully I can, mm. won't get too stressful. Um, but yeah, I guess that's a bit about me. Cool. Yeah. We're going to start in school, talk mm-hmm. about like performing your whole life how was that going through school what was your sort of routine like how'd you get into it mm, yeah so dancing I actually did a little bit in England and cool. then when I came here a friend at my primary school when we were in like kindy was like oh come to my dance school and my mom was like okay and then I started I did you know like kindy ballet tiny tots like tap and things like that and then I just kind of kept going and I stayed at that same dance school from when I was four and a half until I was, what, 15, 16. So I trained there the whole time. And then I moved to a different school, a bigger one, which was in Ramwick. And that one was kind of more to set you up for the professional scheme of things. And then I did full-time after I finished school. But, yeah, it was pretty – it was all right, like, um, balancing it all because I feel as I was growing up, I always did different sports. I always did, like, netball. I did nippers. I did a bit of everything. My family Mm. were all very sporty. So then – Dancing was just like another sport. But then when yeah. I got older, I kind of picked it because I couldn't on like a Saturday morning. It was like netball and dance. And I was like playing a full game of netball with a full face of makeup and then running to an Stedford. <laughs> so it got a bit much. And then everyone in netball was like, oh, what are you going to choose? And the same in dance. But I picked dancing, which I'm glad I did. Um, and yeah, I guess it got tricky with the HSE, yeah. kind of year 11 and 12. But 
when you want to do something like dancing, you kind of realize if you want to do well in school, you have to make that balance and make it work. Otherwise it just won't. And my parents were pretty, you know, you have to keep your grades up if you want to train as hard because they knew I liked studying as well. So I kind of just had to. Was there like a sacrifice there for year 11 and 12? Um, I feel like I didn't go out as much as my friends, which Mm. was, but it wasn't that bad because I was young for my year. I wasn't 18 until the year after. So it was kind of like, like, but then for school, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't go to schoolies because I had a dance performance, um, which was all right. I went traveling afterwards though for like two months. Oh no. Yeah. Almost two months with my boyfriend at the time, which was good. We went through Thailand, which was like kind of made up for it. But in terms of like school and I feel like there wasn't, for me, it wasn't a sacrifice because I loved both. Yeah. So for me, that's what I wanted to do. That's cool. But there might have been things that I missed out on. But yeah. Were you trying hard for year 12? Like, did you want a good mark? Yeah, I did. I did want a good mark. Why? I don't know. I just I just like doing well, I guess. <laughs> I that's know. cool though because yeah. so many people are like, I wanted this ATAR because I wanted to go down this path yeah. and I wanted to do this and this and this and then end up here. Whereas you're like, I just wanted a good mark. Yeah, I, I, I have to be like, well. I know it kind of is bad sometimes, but I don't like doing things if I'm not good at it. Like I will, mm. if I'm going to finish school, I'm going to finish well. Yeah. And because I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do because I knew I was going to train in dancing. Mm. I was like, I might as well get the best mark I can so then I have as many options. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wasn't like I need it. 93 to get into da 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 it was more kind of like get a good mark that's cool you're going to be there anyway like you might as well try yeah i feel like my hsc was similar like mm. i had a mark for the course that i wanted to do but yeah. at the same time i was like if i'm gonna do this i may as well just yeah give it my all. Like, exactly why not? there's no point in kind of half doing it and then yeah. at the end you're like oh if i had tried a little bit harder i could have you know done that yeah. you know so it kind of works well for me did you end up doing well yeah i was pretty happy with my mark nice. um i got it when i was like I don't know if you know Kosan Road. It's in Thailand. It's no. like a huge party street. Hectic. It was like 3 a.m. there and I like popped up. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I got it. I got it in mark. So it was, I was really happy with it. I got into the course I wanted. And even because I, I got into a course and then I deferred it right. for full time. And then when I wanted to go into a different course, I got in straight away because cool. of the mark. Because it's, I think they, they keep for two years or something. Yeah. So then it set me up. That was all, all I kind of wanted, like. And all my friends, we were all pretty like on the same page. We wanted to do well and we all mm. did. So we were all happy. Yeah, yeah it was fair good. Enough. What course are you doing at uni now? I'm doing, I'm doing a double degree. I'm doing a Bachelor of Law and a Bachelor of Commerce. Cool. I just transitioned from law with arts. Um, I wasn't enjoying it as much. So I kind of wanted something with a bit more of a push. So I thought commerce mm. would, I don't know, might do finance as a major to kind of get that side of things and challenge myself a bit more. Yeah, cool. Actually, I hadn't planned on going into this, but I haven't had anyone else on the podcast who's doing a double degree Mm. or anyone that we spoke about a double degree with. So what's the workload like? What's it like doing a double degree? It's it's pretty hectic, to be honest. Mm. Like, especially with law, there's a lot of reading. So like I do enjoy readings, but when I was doing law with arts, it was all readings. Wow. But now that I'm doing commerce, there's at least in like finance, there's a lot of maths in it. So yeah. I kind of like the breakup of not sitting and reading like 50 pages for each unit each week. So it's kind of good in a sense that it's breaking it up a bit, mm. but it is a pretty, it's a big workload. Like I feel like I put a lot of hours into it, but I can see there are some people that are, you know, <clears throat> P's get degrees, you know, yeah. but I feel like if you put in the hours, you do well, it's not that bad. And mm. I, cause I'm working what, like a couple of jobs, I'm doing shoots and then I'm studying. If I can fit it all in, I feel like people who are like just at uni in one job could definitely like do it. I reckon. Is it hard to switch from like law thinking to business thinking? It is. And even in law in itself, 
each unit has a different essay type. Wow. So that's the hard thing is every single unit I've done, you write an essay differently for each one. Yeah. So I'll go from like writing one assignment and it's, I don't know, a research paper and I go the next. And it's completely different. That's just what gets me. And especially because mm. we're online right now, I don't, I can't just go and quickly be like, oh, how would you structure this? You know, like they, they're there to talk to, but it's so difficult to just like, you know, mm. really flesh it out with each tutor. What subjects did you do at high school? High school in year 12, I did modern history, legal, advanced English, society and culture, dance, and I'm missing one. Something else, obviously. Maths? No, I did. I dropped maths in year wow. 11. Yeah, I was doing mathematics, but I dropped it. Modern, legal, society and culture, dance. But no business? No, I didn't. I never did business. I never did it. So that's, yeah, that was a kind of where I was like oh do I do commerce because mm. I had no idea but then a couple of my friends like you'll be fine like no maths no business yeah but I was pretty good at maths yeah. I just it was the one you know I didn't love and I was like I'd rather do something that I kind of enjoy yeah fair enough um, and I didn't think I'd need it but yeah. clearly I do but luckily I paid attention because if I didn't do mathematics in year 11 I would have been screwed yeah for commerce I reckon yeah I feel like because I'm basically doing commerce as well but mm. UTS like to call it business yeah um, but I feel like the maths that you do in that degree like especially because i'm doing economics especially mm-hmm. that maths yeah they teach you and if you try hard enough yeah you, they'll teach you exactly how to do it but at the yeah. same time if you've done it before it's a yeah. lot easier to just stay on top of yeah because for us it was like my first unit of finance mm. and there was like one week where they gave you the basics of it and for me it was like revision and i was like if i had never seen that I would have no clue yeah. and i had to go and do extra revision off youtube just to like kind of remember what was going on but it's like, it's tricky if you don't know. And then if you get lost one week, you're like, you're lost. Yeah. And it's hard to kind of backtrack. But yeah. That's the thing that I find with uni that I sh- I'm struggling with now, especially mm. like with all the Uncle Nathan stuff is yeah. staying on top of the workload because mm. you get to the end of the week and then you catch up and then it's a new week and there's yeah, more and you're like, oh exactly. my God, it's that's, just never ending. That's the thing. Like, well, I'm on uni break right now. This mm. is meant to be my second week of uni break, but I'm already doing readings and everything Oof. for next week. And I'm like, like you finish your first your one week as soon as like it gets to that you have to start again. That's the annoying part is yeah. that it never ends. Fully. Really. I'm in Stuvac right now, the one mm. week break in the middle of semester. Yeah. But I'm it's like, like, this is my catch up uh, week. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's barely a break. Yeah, We're lucky so we get tough. two, but it's still, we, and I got given an essay question that we got right before the break and it's due like next Monday. That's so tough. we didn't have any time to ask questions. They were like, here it is. No consults over the break. Wow. Hand it in. And it's so, it's such a tricky question. And everyone's just like messaging like, help. But That's so rough yeah, when they do that. I know. Come on. And it's such a tricky question, but everyone, I don't know, I'm trying to figure it out, I guess. Wow. Um, let's jump over into performing, mm-hmm. dancing. Yeah. So we sort of spoke a little bit about it through school. Were you just doing it for fun through school? Um, yes and no. Like I was a competitive dancer. So I did competitions and a Stedfords. I didn't love those, but like mm. when you're at a dance school, it's kind of what you do. But I always, from the age of, I would say maybe like 14, I knew I wanted to do it professionally. I always kind of had my eyes set on that. It was always, I'm going to be a dancer. I yeah. just kind of knew it. Um, but yeah, I kind of just always wanted to do it, I guess. So. Did you have like a plan to go from doing yeah. it like competitively and fun yeah. into like making money? Yeah, kind of. So that's why in, was it year 11, maybe year 12, I moved to Brent Street. So Brent Street, it's a school in Ramwick. It's like the number one, I would say, in my opinion, the number one school for like 
um, aspiring commercial, commercial dancers. Wow. Um, so I moved there in year 12 from my other dance school and I was just doing it after school, but it's the place you go when you want to make connections. It's the best training. It's all of the people who work in the industry, they all teach there. So yeah. I went there for year 12 and then I always knew once I finished school, I was going to do full time. So full time, it's like eight till four, Monday to Friday, you train it's like school. You train every single day, six hours a day, just dancing. Wow. We did dancing, singing, and acting though. I did the triple threat course. Active. But I always knew I was going to do that. And that, it did. It got me into the professional world because if you want to become a professional dancer in Sydney, usually you do full time. Some people mm. don't, but I always knew I wanted to do it. And then, yeah. And you dropped before the episode that you're not really sure if it's like something that you want to continue as much? Yeah, it's because I am in the industry now. I'm still starting. I'm still very young into the industry. But I found that as I've started doing some professional work, I feel like it's taking away my love for it in a sense just right. because sometimes there are some some jobs have been the highlight of my life and like I was so lucky and so grateful for those opportunities. But then the other jobs aren't as great mm. and sometimes you're not treated the greatest as a dancer I found and I just – it wasn't really worth it for me, Interesting. but from the dance industry, I've gotten into more of like the TVC side of things. So it's like TV commercials and it's great for me. It's, I'm not standing in heels and dancing for eight hours a day. You know, you've treated like a yeah. queen. So I love that side of it, but yeah, it's just more the dance industry itself. Sometimes because there's not a lot of work in Sydney, there's so many dancers in Sydney, so many amazing dancers, but there's just no work. Mm. And especially because of COVID, there's not going to be many artists coming here. It's kind of been slowed down. There's no auditions. That's the bad thing about the industry anymore is there's barely ever any auditions. Like you yeah. go to LA if like, I don't know, Cardi B needs dancers. Usually they'll put up a dancers needed, come right. audition, da, 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 da. Like there's so many auditions for so many things. But in Sydney, sometimes it works in my advantage. They just take who they know. Yeah. But some there's just not a lot of auditions because there's not a lot of work, which mm. is kind of annoying. So are you not falling out of love, but are you like choosing to pursue another career side because it's like the money isn't there or because uh, you don't love the dancing anymore or performing? Well, because for so long I thought that I couldn't, if I wanted to be successful in life, I had to mm. choose one thing and like that was it. But then I spoke to um, a woman in the industry and she's an amazing dancer, but she has all of these other stuff that she does. Yeah. She's an artist. She does like mind and body kind of things. And I spoke to her and I was like, look, I really want to do, like, I really want to study. I love that type of stuff, but I don't want people to think it's my backup plan. She was like, who said it has to be a backup plan? She's like, you just have two things that you love and you're kind of two different careers and you're doing them when is right for you. Mm. And I was like, that's so true because I feel like, especially as a dancer in the industry, if you have any other passions, you're not all in and they don't want you. Like right. it's, it's hard because wow. yeah, it's very much if you're a dancer, you're here and yeah. like, you know, so then I kind of, I kept it really quiet that I was studying because I didn't want people to think that like, oh no, Cam, like she just doesn't like, mm. she's just doing it for fun. Because I do, I do want to be a dancer. I do want to be like in the industry, but it's just, yeah, it's kind of the, I guess the work side of it. I also don't want it to ruin my love for it. And I feel like a lot of girls I know as well, they're the same. They're like, there's not a lot of work. I've been trying for years. Like, yeah. what's the point? Because I'm lucky that straight out of full time, I did get an agent. So I got a, heaps of work straight out of full time. But there are some people I know that, they finish full time, they don't get an agent and they're just kind of like, you know, what's, what, mm. like, what are we doing? But then there are some people that don't get an agent, keep dancing for five years and now they're dancing for like the biggest artist. Yeah, well. Wow. So it's tricky. But for me, yeah, I, I'm studying because I love it and I'm dancing because I love it and I feel like dancing, I'm not going to be doing it forever. Mm. You know what I mean? I feel like I wouldn't 
I, don't, I wouldn't like the lifestyle of it when I'm older, and that's just for me. So would you call uni like a backup plan, or would you call uni just another like no, another route? It's just something else for yeah. me. For me, I see myself dancing while I'm young, while I can, because you can't. You're not going to be dancing behind Rihanna when you're 60. Yeah. I don't think. But um, who knows? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe actually. But for me, I'm dancing while I'm young. It's my career, and I'm studying. So then in a couple of years time when I'm not dancing and I'm not in that industry, I'll have something else to go on to. Because yeah. if I could, I'd do both my whole life because some people go into so many different types of careers but f- and that's what I want to do. Because, mm. um, yeah, I feel like they're two things that I'm passionate about, two things I want to be successful in. So I might as well do them as I see fit, you know? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I like that perspective. Mm. I want to jump deeper into the like ups of that industry and the downs because you mentioned like some mm. gigs are amazing and then others you feel like you're not treated as good. I'll let you choose. Yeah. Do you want to start with the ups or the downs? Start with the downs. Okay. Um, Tell me a bit more about that. Yeah, it's 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 hard because I feel like I saw – I guess we'll talk about a bit of both. So when I first finished full-time, I got like my dream job and that was where I was dancing with Katy Perry at the T20. Wow. Um Kruger opening. And that was as an 18 year old finishing full time. That's crazy. Like that was an amazing opportunity. I was so lucky to get it. So you met Katy Perry? Yes, I did. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, it was insane. Like I was straight out of full time, which is just crazy for me. Mm. And it was what an 80,000, 80,000 crowd. I was dancing next to my idols, like some teachers that had taught me, they were incredible dancers and I was dancing next to them. Like even now I'm getting chills. It (laughs) It was amazing. Got flown to Melbourne. You know, you do that and that's what you see. You see like lights and you're just like, oh my gosh, yeah. amazing. And then COVID hits and there's not as many jobs, but you do get a job. So obviously you're going to take it because you're fresh in the industry and you just want to do anything to like yeah. get your name out there. But it's a pretty crappy paid job where you're dancing and barely anything. And like there's a difference. Some jobs I've done where you're dancing and barely anything, but you're empowered and it's beautiful and the way you do it is amazing. But then there are mm-hmm. other jobs where you're just kind of thrown on set to dance at a bar and like kind of be there. Yeah, and it's right. just kind of like, oh, like this isn't what I want to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But because you've booked the job, you have to be there. You have to do what you've, you know, been booked to do. But it's moments like that where I'm like, oh, this is really, it's just not me. Yeah. And I know some of my friends love it, which is amazing. Like they love doing things like that. But I just, I just don't really enjoy it. There are like podium dancing and stuff. Um, it's great. It's such a good gig to have. Um, great money, but I just don't enjoy it. And that's yeah, just me. You know, it doesn't make me feel great. Um, so, yeah, those are the downs for me. And I feel like they're not that big of a down because it's work. Like I feel like mm. it's, you know, it's it, that's the sad thing about the industry is work is work. So you do the job. You know what I mean? But for me, I didn't want to be that person that was fresh into the industry and already picking and choosing what work I wanted to do because you don't want to be that person that's like, oh, no, I'm too good for that. But for me, it wasn't really like that. It was more kind of I just don't want to do that job. And I'm lucky my agents are great. So they, you know, you just talk to them about it. They're fine with it. But, um, yeah, that's like the downside of it, I would say. But the ups, as I just mentioned, was amazing. And the day before I flew to that, I danced with Sam Smith at the Mardi Gras. And that was incredible. I was just kind of more because I was standing side stage and we were watching the main dancers and they were the girls I was about to be dancing with on stage. And I was standing there like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) And we were kind of doing this little bit with him on the side. And then I got to fly out the next day, be with those girls, train. And um, we were the choreographers of Square Division. They're huge. They do like um, Britney Spears, Jay Balvin, Katy Perry. Like wow. they're huge in LA. And I was like, how did they pick me? Like this is <laughs> weird. Like I'm some random. But 
yeah, that was huge. And then now that I've gotten into acting and stuff, I'm doing, you know, um, doing TVCs for brands like Google, eBay. And they're so fun. And they pay so well, TVCs in the kind of TV world. So I'm loving it. And Mm. you, you know, the food on set, everyone's lovely on set. It's so bright and bubbly compared to dance sets where there's such like deadlines and you have to, you know, get the curry right. At least in this, there's not as much pressure on me, I feel. Mm. You can do a few takes of it as well. Yeah, exactly. And it's like the the take would be like me going like that. Yeah. You know, it's not me doing a pirouette and then landing. It's so so much easier for me and I enjoy it. But Is there a way to do more of that and less of the bad stuff? There is. Well, that's the thing. I have, before COVID, I was planning to do some more acting classes and my agent's great. They send me for everything. So even during lockdown, I've been at home doing self-tapes, which is great. But unfortunately, it's still the same. It's like you're going to get rejected and, yeah. you know, it's hard. And because there's still not that much work because ideally I'd want to be doing those amazing dance jobs and that's it for me. But... Yeah, I've kind of, I've started, I've gotten to the point where I've started to say no to the jobs that I don't like, which is good because mm. even some of my friends, they're still like, no, I feel like I have to say yes. So then they, because if I say no, then they won't put me forward for other jobs, you know? But yeah. I feel like if you kind of express it to your agent, they understand, you know, it's just like. I guess you've also got the confidence to say no because you know you've got the other plan. Exactly. On the side as well. that, that's, yeah, that's it, I think, as well, because some of my friends which is great. Dancing is everything to them and they're so passionate about it Mm. and everything's in it for them and everything is in it for me, but I know that I've got other things I want to do as well. And yeah, you're right. I kind of, if I'm not, you know, on a job, I'm studying. So I'm not sitting at home like waiting for that call. So I'm kind Mm. of occupied in other ways. I think that's the importance of having a backup plan or like, I know we said yours isn't a backup plan, Mm. but having something on the side is that if you get to that point where whatever you're doing right then and there doesn't work out, Mm. you don't have to freak out. You've got the confidence to be like, this isn't what I want right now. or This isn't the way that I want to do it right now. So I'm going to go focus on this other thing for a little bit and then I'll come back to it. And that's the thing. When you stop like sitting there and just like praying that you book a job, when you start doing other things and doing things for yourself even, Mm. that's when the jobs come in. That's what I noticed when I was like, when I first started with my agent, and I would like send off a one self-test for an ad. I'd be sitting there like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And then when I stopped doing that, they would flow in. Because now I know if I send one off, I send off what, like 10 a, 10 a week. And yeah. then it's like maybe a couple will come back. But I feel like when you first start in the industry, especially every single thing you do has to be perfect. And yeah. it has to be, you know, but yeah, now that I've, and now that I've done one of my dream jobs as well, I feel like I've got that in me and I kind of can live with that knowing because I feel like if I hadn't had done something like that I'd be pushing to get you know Mm. to get there again but you also know your worth you know you're good enough to do because you haven't just done one dance with Katy Perry like there's been a few big moments you just did the voice finals yeah yeah there's big moments there you know you're worth more than the shitty jobs that you don't want to do and I feel yeah I feel that was yeah I'm I'm what I do is every year I like give myself a quote and know your worth this is one of mine a couple (laughs) years back but um yeah, for me, I feel like confidence in the dance industry is so important mm. because if you don't, people, and that's the sad thing about the dance industry is some people will use you and not pay you for so long. And it's like, oh, that's your exposure. That's wow. your experience. And during full time, fair enough. I would do so many jobs while I'm training, yeah. no pay just to, you know, meet people. But when you get out of full time, when you start working, you have to be like, okay, I've trained. I know I'm good. I can, you know, stand by that. And that's a diff- mm. There's a difference between being cocky and kind of knowing your worth. You just, you just know that you can do the job kind of thing. Yeah. And I feel like it's imp- yeah, it's so important to be confident, even in everyday life as well. Oh, I yeah. found that being like 
knowing yourself will get you so far. Even when I walked into an audition room, they're like, oh, wow, you've got a nice confidence about you. I'm like, yeah, and I feel like everyone should. Mm. Yeah, it's so important. Is that something that you've always had or is that something that you sort of had to tell yourself you had until it became a reality? I feel like I kind of did always have it Mm. in a sense. Um, I don't know. My dad's a very confident person and – I feel like I kind of got it a little bit from him, a little bit, just knowing, and that's another thing about me is, as I said, I always, I want to achieve, I want to be successful in what I do. It's not, I just, I don't know, I feel like if I'm going to do something, I'm going to put everything into it. Mm. And doing that makes me feel comfortable knowing that like you deserve to be there in a sense that you've done your best. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I kind of have had it a while, but I've had to put it into practice a bit more. Where's the line between confidence and cockiness and how did you find it? Because that's something that I could not fight until like the end of year 12 yeah. when someone said, mate, you're a dick. I feel like my friends joke about me with that a lot. Like they have to be like, Cameron, you're being cocky. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> but I feel like... Because there's like a fine there's line. There's a fine line. I feel like, and some people will take your confidence for cockiness and that's fine. True. I feel like it's happened to me a lot. And mm. then they're like, oh, I thought you were really cocky at first. And it's like, oh, you shouldn't have judged me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like I get that a lot. Yeah, yeah. But it's, I feel like it's definitely how you carry yourself, you know, how you enter the room, It's not trying to take control. It's just knowing, like, kind of just knowing your actions Mm. are good enough, I feel. I feel like it's not trying to overpower people, things like that. It's just being humble, knowing that you deserve to be there is important. And being, like, knowing your worth. Like, it's your – I always say it's my life. I'm the main character in my story. Like, why am I going to – you know, like it doesn't matter. Like, it's almost like a, a sense of self-assuredness. Like it is. confidence is sort of internal. It's like you're confident in yourself. And yeah. then the cockiness shows when you're trying to push that outward. Like Yeah, when you're trying others. to prove yourself to people. Yeah. I feel like that's when it is. When you're trying to prove like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm Cameron. But when you're just kind of like, no, I know I'm Cameron. That's yeah. all that really matters. I don't have to prove it to you. Mm. It's just like, yeah. The most confident people are the ones who you look at mm. and you see just themselves. They exactly. don't give a shit what you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, I like that. Yeah. My, my, my quote this year is famous energy i feel like these quotes oh, yeah. are so cringy but Sick. my friends love them um but yeah so you know like what what i think about is a celebrity they they wouldn't ask someone if they wanted to like wear these new shoes they would just do it you know what i mean yeah. like i feel like you have to and it comes with age as well and it comes with experience just doing what you want to do mm-hmm. and not i feel like especially in high school it's like oh should i wear like a third earring because blah 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 we'll see it like oh, i don't want to wear this jacket because no one else is i feel yeah. like it stems from there and just out of high school and growing up, you kind of realize that you can do whatever you want. Totally. And yeah. That's, that's actually one of the most rewarding lessons that I've learned since mm. finishing school is like, yeah. if I do something that people, that I think people would look at and mm. not agree with, the only repercussion is them not agreeing with it. Exactly. And me not giving a shit anymore. Yes. Yeah. It's about not caring. And yeah. I feel like, especially in high school, that's all you think about is who's going to say what. Yeah. And then the good thing about when I went and did full-time, it was a different group of people, completely different group of people, people like my best mate is from Tasmania. She came in from Tasmania, Cronulla, like the eastern suburbs. And it's just your eyes open and you're like, oh, wow, yeah. the beaches, like freshy isn't everything. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? And Fully. there's such, especially on the beaches, I feel no one crosses the bridge and, yeah. you know, that type of thing. And I was like, whoa. And then when I started making friends over there, going out in the city, you know, expanding out, going onto set and meeting people mm. from everywhere, you're like, wow, like it didn't really matter what I was doing a year ago in school. You know, there's so much more to life. And when you realize that you get, you get so much more from it. Yeah. I think. That's why I encourage through uncle Nathan, young people to travel so much mm. because like those are the lessons you learn when you are, 
putting yourself into situations where you know no one. Exactly. You don't know what's happening yeah. next. You don't care what's happening next. Yeah, it's just and fun. You just, yeah, you literally just are forced to mm-hmm. make decisions for yourself and live yeah. with the consequences. Yeah. Um, I think that also speaks volumes about like young relationships as well. Mm. Is like I've been caught doing it. It's like a lot of the time like, oh, will she like my haircut? I don't know. Yeah. Like stuff like that. I think like growing up, that confidence and that level of knowing exactly what you want to do comes with just being able to make a decision. Exactly. And if it's a shit decision, then you learn oh, well, that it's a yeah, shit decision. Then you and that's that fine. Out. Move yeah. On. Well, I feel like that was the biggest thing for me in high school was I would always straighten my hair. And right. that was the biggest thing for me is because everyone else had straight hair. Yeah. And even though my hair's clearly naturally curly, I would straighten it every day to the point where it was dead. Even though my hair's naturally curly. I would just straighten it because all my friends had straight hair and my mum would always be like, no, your hair's beautiful. Like, I was like, shut up, mum. <laughs> and I would straighten it. And then it got to, I think, mid-year 11. And I just, I just didn't like my hair because it was dead mm. and I couldn't go swimming. Like, it was just annoying. And, um, and then I started seeing girls in the dance industry and they were all, all the girls that were booking work had beautiful curly hair, like women of colour. They were beautiful I was like, oh, like it actually, it can look nice, which is so stupid to think, oh yeah, your natural hair can look nice. <laughs> and then it was, as you're saying about relationships, it was my boyfriend at the time. He was like, why wouldn't you just, you know, wear your hair curly? Yeah. I don't understand. And at the time, looking back, it seems so stupid, but I was just like, oh, I'll be the only one with curly hair. Cause I was the only person of color in my year, even in freshie maybe yeah. like, and on the beaches, there's barely any people of color. So obviously I'm not going to look around and be like, oh, you know, but I did have the dance industry and there were so many girls in there who loved their hair. They got so much work and it was just beautiful. Mm. And then I transitioned for, what, two years where I just wouldn't straighten my hair and it was like an awkward, straight, curly thing going on. But eventually I got back to my natural hair and then now that I've got my natural hair, I've had it for like a year or so now, everyone's like, wow, you're most like often compliment I get is your hair's so beautiful like no 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 like I'm booked because like sometimes because of my hair it's just crazy to think that growing up for so long I hated my hair because of what everyone was around me kind of thing and it's Mm. weird that now my hair is so a part of me when I just straighten it out it's just so not me it's just so weird how things like that work I I was gonna say the biggest thing that I've noticed about you because I'm in the year below you at Mm. school yeah and the day that you posted the first photo on Instagram, I think, with your like natural curly yeah. hair, everyone was like, oh my God, her yeah. hair looks amazing. Yeah, exactly. And I was a bit nervous because yeah. I, like, I look quite different, but I much prefer myself how, how I am now because it's me. It's just, it's easier. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, because I do. I guess, it suits your personality. Exactly. It stands that's, that's out. It looks I good. Think. Yeah, it's it, big, it looks it's good. It, it's amazing. And I'm so lucky to have it. But yeah. You know, growing up, I'd get comments. I think my, my best friend now, her first comment to me in year seven was like, oh, your hair feels like my dog on my carpet. And like <laughs> things like that growing up. Yeah. And because like curly hair is shorter because obviously it curls up, you know, having shorter hair was also mm. something for always that I was like, oh, I don't really want short hair. But now the industry, my boyfriend, who is the same guy who it was at the time, um, you know, people like that, my family, it's just all the little influences that make you realize that it's okay, you yeah. know, the people around you. I yeah, because I was going to ask that, like, what, what changed? How did you go from mm. caring what everyone else thought about your yeah. hair, about you, to not caring as much? Yeah, I feel like it was definitely the people around me had a big... Yeah big impact especially my boyfriend because you know when you're what 16 17 that's all that matters is what they think so when he said that I was like oh okay well if he says that then it's fine which is so sad but that's how it works I guess and also 
the industry. I wanted to be able to wear my hair out, dance with it, things like that. I realized that when I wanted to create my brand as a dancer, the, the hair was part of it. You know, having dead hair doesn't look good. I wanted to have nice, healthy hair. Mm. Um, so that was a big part of it as well. But yeah, and also just how easy it is now. I don't have to, like, I'd go to the beach when it was straight and I wouldn't go swimming, you know, just in case it got curly. But now yeah. I'm, I'm myself, it's easier, I love it. So it's just, it's, it's me. That's I'm cool. Fine. I think there's so many lessons to take away from that that have nothing to do with hair. Mm, exactly, yeah. And I wrote my society and culture um, pip, my major work on it, about, wow. um, like, societal standards on on curly hair and I huh. got a great mark. I almost Sick. got full marks on it. Wow. And when I was first doing it, that's the funny thing though. When I was first doing it, I think it was called like, can I touch your hair? Cause that's another big issue is people always feel as if they have the right to touch my hair. Yeah, wait, it's, it's, it's horrible. When I have my hair in braids, people like, I remember yeah. once I was swimming at DY, I came up and I felt this old man just like grab my braids and I had to Seriously? be like, sorry. And he's like, Oh, they're just so nice. And I was like, and what? like what? And when I'm out in Manly, when I have my hair out in Afro, I get lots mm. of people touching it. And it's just, it's crazy. Wow. But um, anyway, when I was doing my PIP, my society and culture, I'd go around fresh year, talk to teachers, you know, just so, you know, as, as you do on an assignment, get their ideas. And everyone was like, is it a real issue though? Like, is that really? And when I did my like survey on Facebook, the main thing was like, I've never heard of this. Like, is this a real issue? Huh. I was like, it's so weird that Hectic. to me, everywhere I go, I get, oh, can I touch your hair? If they ask, that's yeah. if they ask. Most of the time people don't ask. And it's it's such an issue for me. And my boyfriend knows that he knows. And all my friends know is when someone like raises their hand, they're all like, oh, don't. Because I'll, I'll, now I have the confidence to be like, no, you can't touch my hair. Whereas mm. before I'd just be like, yeah, sure. And it's just, That's it's so just insensitive weird. though. It's, it's just weird. It's it's like, imagine if someone came up to you and was yeah. like, oh, nice hair. It's just such an invasion. Of it's just weird for me. I just... I don't get it. I second that. I don't yeah. understand why people think that's okay. Yeah. I wouldn't even feel comfortable touching someone's hair. I know. And that's the thing. People, like I'll tell people and they'll be like, all oh, right. And then I'll go out with them after one night and they're like, oh my gosh, like what? Like wow. people do that all the time. And I'm like, yeah, it's really weird. So do you, if someone did that now, would you pull them up for it? Yes. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's getting better though. People know. People, I feel like people have more respect as well. Mm. It's almost like a similar thing with people using the N-word. People, yeah. pe the perspectives on that have changed dramatically over the past couple of years, sure. which is great because pe even when I was younger, people would call me and I'd be like, yeah, like sick. But <laughs> now it, people know, even if it's it shouldn't be, but they know not to use around me, which is yeah. better than, you know. So it's things like that, the little kind of racial microaggressions people are realizing aren't mm. right. And even though I might not cry and you know, throw a fit, it's still, it doesn't make me feel great. You know, yeah. it makes me realize that I am like the only black person in the room. Yeah. It makes you feel different. When yeah, exactly. You're not. Exactly. Is that something you were subject to like all of that stuff in mm. the performance industry? Like, does it still exist um, in there or not so much? Well, that's, or a, is it more advanced? It's well, the thing about the industry is it's great in that it's, it's much more inclusive because mm. a large proportion of the dance industry are people of color. Yeah. So, and especially because the dance industry in Sydney gets so much from America. So many, there are so many more color, people of color in America. Yeah. So they take a lot of it from there. So if an artist comes to Sydney, they're like, I want two black girls rather than in Sydney. They would usually put forward two white girls because that's just the way, you know, the demographics yeah, are right. here. But... In saying that, I get so many opportunities, which is great. But then on the other side, when I did first get into the industry, I got a little bit of, you know, you only got that job because they wanted a black girl on it. You're oh, the token black girl. Yeah, and so like, it almost oh. works the other way. I'm like, oh, I feel like I deserve to be there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the hard part is there are some jobs where you do feel like the token black girl and it's a bit like, mm, 
like, I don't, I don't love that. But mm. then there are other jobs where, you know, that they, they've just got the dancers they want. They're inclusive. They're aware of all the different, like, ethnic groups they want to cover. And it's great. Yeah. But there are still those jobs where... And it's even even if it wasn't the intention of, like, the person who booked the job, it's still everyone in the industry, some of them say it. Or, yeah. oh, like, are you... Like, I go to a lot of open classes and that's sometimes where you get scouted for different jobs. Some people would be like, oh, are you going to go... Are you going to wear your hair out for that job? I mean, are you going to wear your hair out for that class? They won't be able to see your hair. And I'm like, yeah, well, I know I, know I can get booked without my hair being yeah. out. You know, little things like that, little comments. But I still feel... I've never felt like not myself in the industry i feel like mm. everyone's very open and respectful because with say. the katie perry thing mm. i'm pretty sure i saw a video you were like dressed up for that right yes yeah so that can't have been based on exactly. any of that exactly our hair was slick like. under a little most of the time under a little helmet yeah so that you're exactly right um so yeah the big jobs no they don't care it's mm. just yeah you're right because I guess, like, for every job, mm-hmm. there, there is an archetype that they're looking for. Yeah. Like, obviously, they've got a picture in mind. Mm-hmm. So, but I think it's the way they approach doing the job no, yeah. that has that impact. Yeah, you're 100% right. And yeah. that's what I've understood. A lot of the times, especially in TVC world, the briefs, it's like um, black person, um, you know, fit um, curly hair, blah, blah, blah. And they just write it out like that. But yeah. I know that in TV so world, they need those people. And that's yeah. the way it is. Like some people, sometimes it's person with bad skin, person who's overweight. And it's just, that's, yeah, exactly. you know what I mean? So, the, and now I know that usually when they're writing those things, there's no, like there's no ill intent behind it. Yeah, well, if they're trying and to appeal to people with color, they're exactly, probably going to use a exactly. person of color. Yeah. And it's like, I know if I'm getting books because I'm a person of color, great. Like, mm. great. It's giving me that advantage yeah. like, as it probably never really does. I'm going to take that. Mm. Um, and yeah, there are some, you know, brands that really want people of color. Obviously I'm going to be like, yes, please. That's great that you're doing yeah. that. You know, it depends on how you look at it as yeah. well. If you're like, they only want me because I'm black. It's like, well, they only want you because you're black. Yeah, that's great. Exactly. Take it. So it's definitely the way you look at it. Yeah. I think. What's next for you? What's coming up next? What's coming up? Oh. now you've got uni and performing and yeah. you could really take either of them mm. down any route I, you want. I feel I'm the type of person I like having a plan mm. and I like setting a path. Yeah. So it's a bit difficult because in the industry, you never know what's going to pop up. Like there could be a huge movie getting cast tomorrow and I, it could take me for two years. And something like that I would take. Yeah. You know what I mean? So right now... I'm going to try and finish my degree without as many interruptions as possible, hopefully. Because cool. if a big job does come up that I can't say no to, I'm going to take it. I'm yep. not going to not tour around the world because I want to finish my degree in yeah. the certain five years that it is. So I think I want to I want to keep getting good marks at uni. I wanna, I'm hopefully going to get a job in a law firm, maybe start of not next to the year after, try and set that up as well. At the cool. same time, I'm going to be dancing and performing and booking those jobs at the same time and then when I get to it I'll see which one I don't know it's, nice. it's hard to think about nice. I feel I like the fact that you because I'm very similar I'm mm. someone who loves to have a plan yeah but I like the fact that you're comfortable not having a plan yeah because it's at that crossroads yeah it I, is I feel like this is the time like that Mm. really early 20s because you finished school and you've been out of school like I'm talking personal experience I'm yeah. saying you but I mean yeah us. yeah um where we finished school we're out of school long enough to mm-hmm. realize that we have the ability to go whichever way we want exactly but at the same time we don't yet have the 
skills or qualifications to be to, exactly to where yeah, we want to be. Yeah, that's, that's so a hard thing. it's sort of thing. a crossroads. Yeah, it's a hard thing for me is I want to set myself up. Because ideally for me, if I could see that job that I wanted to have, I would be setting every single thing up to get there because I don't know what that is. Yeah. I'm like, I have to do what I can, mm-hmm. but it's difficult. Yeah. And especially in the industry, it's like my dream job has always been dancing with Rihanna, but I can't pinpoint yeah. to get there. It just happens. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's difficult, but yeah, I've kind of gotten used to it. I can plan my uni schedule for the week and that's, that'll, that'll get me through. Yeah. So it speaks volumes about the process though. You just got to yeah. enjoy it. Exactly. Do what you think's right. Yeah. And if you like, I said this the other day, if you're out there and you want to meet Justin Bieber, I'm sure if you just keep doing the things that you think would get you there, you'll yeah, get there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, you just, you've got it. That's what you, you're so right. You have to enjoy it because yeah. if you don't, you'll look back in five, 10 years and you'll be like, what was the point? Mm. Like, what was the point in any of that if I wasn't enjoying it? And I don't think you can expect to set a finish line. Exactly. Because then you're looking to that point and if you don't get there at the time you yeah. thought you were going to get there, you're just completely deflated. Yeah, I feel like I when I first finished full-time, I was very, I need to book a TV gig by this date and then yeah. I need to book a world tour by this date. And because I was so naive in how it works, I quickly, it was probably a couple of weeks where I was like, oh, okay, like rub that off my vision board because yeah. it's not going to happen by the 31st of March. <laughs> you know what I mean? So do you think yeah. that was you comparing yourself to other people or is that a little maybe, bit yeah maybe not because you said you were always like confident and pretty yeah. self-assured but, but I feel, I feel like, a lot like of people yeah in the themselves. industry the people who are working they're doing certain jobs so mm. I was like I need to do that 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 and that but it, everyone knows in, in the industry everyone has their own pathway like yeah it's so hard to pinpoint I was I'm very lucky for the opportunities that I've gotten that I've been able to tick some of my dream jobs off but I know that if one if that one person hadn't hadn't have mentioned me to that choreographer I might, it would have gone a yeah. different path so there's so many things that add up to it rather than just what you're doing as yeah, well. Fair enough. 10 under mm. 10. 10 questions. 10 questions under 10 seconds. No, it's 10. It was originally. Oh my gosh. 10 questions under 10 minutes. So you get one minute per question. Okay. But like, that's just to keep you talking quickly. Okay. If it takes longer, it takes longer. Okay. Um, question one. So we've already said you dance with Katy Perry, people like Guy Sebastian, horror show I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you define as the most surreal experience you've had as a performer? Definitely the Katy Perry one. Yeah, that I was would, it. I would, yeah, hundred percent. I remember when I got the email that I booked it. I'm gonna cry now. I was like <laughs> teaching, and I had to go and tell my teacher because she was my teacher from when I was four to like fifteen. Wow. I was crying my eyes. I was like, oh. and then the next day, an email was sent that there had been a mistake in the cast list. And I was like, oh my God, no, I can't look at it, but it wasn't me. So I was glad, but yeah, even we had a week of rehearsals, working next to girl dance with Janet Jackson, one was a rocket, like they danced for everyone. And I was just like, wow, I'm straight out of full time being here. And then meeting her and the, when we walked out onto the field, the roar of the crowd. And then when we started performing, tears were streaming down my eyes. I was like, oh, my God, stop, stop, stop. But that was it because the lights, the just like the, the experience itself, and especially straight out of full time, it was crazy for me because I didn't know what mm. to expect. And that was what I got. So I was like, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. cool. Actually, I, I know I said under one minute, but I want to touch on that because mm-hmm. the thing that I think is really cool is hearing you say that because what you see on Instagram is you just like stoked with the opportunity. Mm. So it's like people see the photo of that stuff, but yeah. they don't realize how much that means to exactly. someone like you. They, yeah. They're like, 
people don't and that's the thing people are like oh Cameron thinks he's all that because she's got that and I'm like you don't know how many nights yeah. I cried just and every night when I'd get home from rehearsals I'd be crying I'd be talking to my friends like oh my gosh oh my gosh practicing every night because I just wanted to get it right like yeah. there's so much that goes into it. I've danced my whole life I've looked there's so yeah there's so much there and it means it meant so much to me all everyone there knew it because I was just like shaking the whole time like, oh. <laughs> that is so sick yeah uh question two What's been your biggest paid collaboration so far? Don't give me the dollar amount, but like mm. what's the biggest? Was, I guess it would be a TVC, right? Yeah, it was actually a really random one. It was for H&R Block. Huh. So Weird. Yeah, TVCs, yeah, and that, that was when I was doing the least work. I was sitting there typing wow. on the laptop. So it's really weird. Why was that one the biggest? I think it's because it got extra usage. I think so the way they usually pay is if you're in the 30-second ad, the 60-second ad, and then another 30-second ad. So the amount that you're in and then right. the amount of countries it goes to. So I initially I got the first rate that I got and I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this is amazing. And then my agent texted me and was like, we just found out you're getting like double or more of what your Hefty. first rate was. And I was like, oh. Like it was what five months later from when I'd filmed it, so I'd forgotten about it. And I got this text, it was probably right before Christmas, actually. I was like, Yes, like, wow. so it's really Presents random, yeah. So, the ones that you're doing a lot in, you don't get paid as much, especially wow. dancing, but the ones where you're doing barely anything, you do. So, Active. it's weird, yeah. yeah, right. Um, what would well, you sort of mentioned it, but what would be your dream collaboration? Dream would be with Rihanna, yeah. it's just, I've just. I'm a fan girl. I don't know. I love her. I love her work. I love her music. If, I feel like it would be very difficult. Now I'm not as naive and I feel like she won't be putting on many shows, to be mm. honest, because she's more of a businesswoman lately. Yeah. Um, but there is a dancer that I look up to. Um, her name's Siobhan. She's in the industry. I've been able to work with her a couple of times. She's amazing. And she's done Rihanna's Savage Fenty show in, I think, wow. New York. So I'm like, okay, if she it's can doable. do it, maybe in a couple of years I might get there. So That's something cool. like that would be amazing. I'll be watching. That'll be sick. Yeah. Um, if you had to put a percentage on it, how many auditions or just job mm. applications would you say you get knocked back from? It's hard because unfortunately there aren't that many auditions. But yeah. in terms of like self-tests and everything, oh, I'd, probably, I'd probably say I'd get maybe like two out of 15 maybe, something yeah, wow. like that. Because especially with TVCs, they're so fast-paced. Like you get a message in the morning, can you send me a video in within two hours? Then the next day you've got a call back and then the next mm. day you've got the job. So if you're getting a few of them a week and then it, it builds up, you know, yeah. and then you – but it, the good thing about COVID in a sense is that it's all online. So you're not having to go in, go mm. home, think about it. It's a quick video I film at home and then I send it off and I forget about it. So yeah. like the rejection isn't really there at the moment True. because you're not really getting – you are getting rejected but – Especially, at least in TVC world, it's usually because you don't have the right look or you're not the right person for it, yeah. except in the dance industry. When you do walk into an audition and you do it, it's based on your technique and how good you are. So then you kind of get on yourself and you're like, oh, good. you know, could have done better. But that's a good thing about TVCs right now is it's not as hard on yourself because yeah. you're like, I'm just not the right fit. I also good. think your personality helps with that though. You have the mm. ability to send out 15, 20 self-tests. Yeah. And the two that come back, you're like, yes, you don't yeah, focus on the 18 exactly. that don't. Yeah. I think that's the mindset. If you're going to do something like what you're, like the industry that you're in, you've mm. got to be able to accept the fact that most of the stuff you put yeah. out there, you're not going to hear anything back. Exactly. And I think the big thing for me was knowing that it's not a dig at you personally. It's not that they don't like you as yeah. a person. It's just you're not the right person for the job and yeah. that's fine, you know. It happens to everyone and especially 
when you're straight out of full time, everyone's trying to get work. It, everyone takes it on really personally. Mm. And it's like, they don't like me and I'm not going to make it. But once you kind of let that go and you're like, oh, I'm just not the right fit. It just wasn't for me. Something else will come my way. Then it, you kind of, yeah. you let go of it all, I feel. Nice. What's next? What do you do for fun? What do I do for fun? This has been a hard one because <laughs> lately it's been difficult because I used to dance for fun because I've been doing it as a job lately. I've been like, Oh, I don't want to dance. But during lockdown, I have gotten back into dancing and just dancing in my room, which is random, but usually I'll go into the studio and I'll just dance, practice combos, things like that, which I find fun. And unfortunately studying is something else that I really enjoy sometimes, which is really weird, but I do enjoy it. But, um, yeah, mainly going to the beach. I love going to the beach. Um, I love going out for dinners, things like that. Um, and yeah, I've recently going to get into surfing because my boyfriend's a surfer and I'm always golf. Golf, yeah. (laughs) At the driving range. Um, but yeah, cause I'm always on the beach watching him surf and I'm like, if I just tried That's so it. we're going to get into that so then That's in really summer cool. we can do it together hopefully. nice what's the best piece of advice or feedback you've ever received hmm. I feel like I mentioned it before but it was when a lady in the industry said to me that having another passion isn't a backup I think that was huge for me yeah. because especially in the, in the industry I'd only heard of people dancing dance is life dance is everything and when I realized that you can do something else and it's okay. That was something that was really big for me, mm. I found. Um, but yeah, I feel it. And feedback was when they I walked into the room. I didn't get the, I didn't get, it was for a musical. It was for Book of Mormon, I think. And I was fresh out of full time. I hadn't done any singing lessons. I just wasn't in the singing world yet. And I sung for them and they said, look, your voice isn't great, but we love, we love you. We love your presence. So just keep that in mind. And then the next year they called me back in the same people and said, we want to see you again because cool. we love how you hold yourself. And then it, I got to the very last, the last round and then COVID hit, you know? Mm. So I was just glad that me being me got me through that room instead yeah. of like my actual singing ability. That's cool. So yeah, that was good. Knowing how you hold yourself was a big one yeah. for me. Would you rather dance with Rihanna? Mm-hmm. or sign a contract for a whole year's worth of TV commercials for your favorite brand? That's a really hard one. Hmm, depends on a lot of the logistics of it, <laughs> but I think it would be Rihanna. Mm. I think it's something that, because I feel like the reason I might take the TV season is for the money, Yeah. but I feel like if I grew up looking back on it, I'd definitely have to pick Rihanna for that one. Cool. Yeah. Would you do anything from your childhood differently if you could go back? One thing when people ask me that, the one thing I would do is I wouldn't do dance as a unit for my HSC, which is really random. But dance in the HSC I found wasn't great. They love a certain type of dancer. Yeah. They love a contemporary balletic Mm. dancer and I obviously am not really very balletic but I knew that I was good at my style like I started the freshie ensemble we loved it we loved the jazz I love the commercial side of it but yeah they just they didn't I did well I got a band six but I still I feel like I don't know I just it's the one thing in my life I'm like I wish I didn't do it it's really weird but I had a student last year who his dance style is hip-hop and his teacher said, you, you can't. Exactly. Like, it just doesn't That's fit. what my teacher said to me. And then I messaged New South Wales Board of Education or whatever. Oh, yeah. 
well, I guess you can. I was like, mm, see, I can do it. And I did it. And the lucky, the good thing, lucky thing is that I'm, I, I'm good at my academics as well. So I knew yeah. how to kind of fit it in yeah. and like make it work. It still wasn't what I would have wanted to have done, but I made it work. Mm. But I feel like if it would be so difficult, it's just so difficult in the HSE dance. They're so particular and it's mm. just not great to be yeah, honest. Yeah, right. Mm. What's more important to you? personal value alignment so like you aligning like your jobs with what you believe mm-hmm. or having a good relationship with the co-workers when it comes to like picking a job or a performance which one's more important so it's like you aligning with the brand or you aligning with the people you're working with probably the brand mm-hmm. i would say well especially in my industry if i don't like the person i'm working with i'll see them for one day and that's it yeah you know what i mean because it's so they're so short yeah but if i'm working with a brand that and then people see me and I don't know in an ad for them it's just something I wouldn't want Mm. to stick with and even I've been doing a couple of Instagram little thingies and even then a brand will message me and they're going to send me so much stuff but I'm like actually there was one brand that was going to send me heaps of hair stuff that I went onto their website and noticed it was just catered for straight hair and I was like hmm just wondering like why is that and they're like oh we mainly just because we think straight hair empowers women and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, did you not check out my Instagram? <laughs> like, I don't understand why you messaged me then. What? And they're like, we still want to send you the products. And I was like, no, like, you know, what? and I, it's, it's weird. I feel like they're on Instagram, especially it's so easy to say yes to so many things being sent mm. your way. Cause I get sent like little jewelry and little things like that, which are great. And I feel like once you get big, I'm not big on Instagram cause I just don't have the time and energy to focus on it. But if you do, you would get sent, so many things, yeah. but half of them you don't agree with. And you're yeah. posting them on your Instagram. And a lot of time when I'm on socials, I'll be like, oh, okay, she bought that. It must be good, you know? Mm. So I feel like it's so unethical to just take all of that free stuff and then and get paid for it. Yeah. But you don't actually agree with it. I also don't like accounts that every second post is a sponsored post. Exactly. Like, it's like, mate, is it genuine or yeah. is it just your job? You exactly. know, that's the big thing. So. Last question. Mm-hmm. Who inspires you? Who inspires me? Other than Rihanna. Other than Rihanna. Who inspires me? I know it sounds weird. I don't have one. Mm, I I don't really. I feel like I'm inspired. My mum is a big inspiration for me. I don't know. I'm just really close to her. I don't know. I feel like she's an amazing person. Um, I feel like what I've done in the past inspires me. I know that sounds really weird. But some of the decisions I've made and sometimes when I'm doing something, I think, okay, I can, you know, go into, I can speak in front of my uni class if I can dance in front of 80,000 people. You know what I mean? It's little things like that that inspire me, I find. So, yeah, there's not many. Oh, yeah. Like even I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say Rihanna inspires me even. Like it's weird Mm. when I think about it. Hard question. Again, that just shows your self-assuredness shining through. Mm. You don't need to be anyone else because yeah. you're like you, you're Cameron Gore. Yeah. And that's that's, that's the what I learned as well is, yeah, you don't want to aspire to be anyone else. Yeah. That's, as I said, you're you, it's mm-hmm. your story. Like what's the point in pretending to be someone else? I love that. Perfect yeah. place to wrap it up. Here we go. Cam, thanks for joining me on the thanks Post School Podcast. Me. Nice. It's good to be here. Sweet as, another story shared and another lesson learned. If you've made it this far, I'd be stoked if you could take a minute to give the show a rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. With your support, we can both empower more young people to chase their dreams. If you have any questions about today's episode, make sure to jump on Instagram and send me a DM at Uncle Nathan Co. Or head to the website at UncleNathan.com to join our community. 
All right, enough from me. Thank you so much for your support, and I'll catch you next time.